Welcome to Stature, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Elaine. And I am Scoop Magoo. And uh, we are bringing back an oldie but goodie this week, uh, but with sort of a contemporary twist, I guess. We are, uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, we're doing a, a genre exploration sort of thing again, where uh, we have spent the last week kind of immersing ourselves in a genre or, you know, I think our last time was a, a label of our choosing and uh, we sort of, you know, report our findings here and um, yeah. And so this time, you know, we were looking around and uh, one, I think was apparent to both of us and yeah, so we're just. We just did it and it's uh vaporwave and um frankly i don't think i'm qualified to even explain what vaporwave is to some extent i mean for those who don't know it's just it's it's kind of it's, it's almost like a cultural movement at this at this it, point it's, in time it's really an, like an aesthetic I think yeah is the, which is it's kind it, of a meme with, term. with all the spaces yeah. in between each yeah letter. i was gonna say it's kind of a meme term within the genre so yeah um it, it's but. it's very it, it's kind of like um yeah it, it it's it's like what happens when nostalgia the internet and electronic music all meet together is is maybe the best way to describe it. I, I was thinking of ways to describe it um this week and i almost wanted to do like a like an advertising pitch, you know, like, do you like windows 98? Do do you like old, you know, uh, soda cup designs? (laughs) Like vaporwave is for you. (laughs) You Just, and, uh, no, I, I just didn't think it would go very well. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it's, it's a very nostalgic driven genre. Uh, you know, kind of you know there's a lot of certain aesthetics there's a lot of uh you know uh japanese and chinese uh you know script being used in titles and artist names uh on top of that you know there's uh sort of an emphasis on like low resolution imagery as well as sound uh pitch down samples it's uh, it's very sample heavy you know you see a lot of um you know, uh, sort of uh, nostalgic uh, aesthetics, you know, and and also kind of like there's kind of a capitalistic bent to it in a way, you know, where you're people are talking about, you know, like there's a subgenre of like, I, I guess. So it on rate music, it's like the, the umbrella term is vapor now, mm-hmm. which is just OK, whatever. But um, like there's a subgenre called Mallsoft that is like all about kind of like elevator music almost but it kind of has like that shopping mall type of vibe to it you know it's and it's just it's it's all about those memes and uh you know whether you like them or not and so uh yeah we chose four albums and we did a fifth uh because you know i I mean do you just want to get into it now yeah i mean i'll just add quickly that uh i was excited to dive in just because uh, oh. my, you know, kind of my, my brief flirtation with vaporwave or like all the waves, you know, I feel like it's, <laughs> I mean, this has been kind of the, I guess the underground's answer to like eighties revivalism, or it's been, or I guess an offshoot, whatever you want, however you want to put it. I think they're, you know, synth wave, vaporwave, you know, chill wave is a subset of vaporwave. Uh, and yes, this all is, is just as silly as it sounds. 
Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting how. I feel like this is kind of will be an interesting artifact of the internet, like the you know, like how this was born out, how it developed over time, um, the way that this culture grew, and you know, again, I've only observed from afar, but it's interesting how it really did become. Like I know, I know people. Like we used to have a um, a column at Heavy Blog, which periodically resurfaces, called Wavebreaker, and just how much of like an actual you know culture these kind of waves are, and and how much. Um, how much people are invested in it like you know there's really like it, it's really like a fandom akin to like metalheads in a way or like punks like it, except obviously most most of their time is spent behind keyboards and and, and sharing <laughs> sharing memes and whatnot so I was interested to dive in you know however you know shallow that we, we might get but I mean I think it's 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 one of the more interesting movements of kind of the the internet or the early internet age i think yeah and it's just it's so like vast in terms of like sort of all the different spin-offs that are like under the vaporwave umbrella um you know it, it can get confusing really fast and you know i i think with that did you have any uh i mean i, I i'm assuming you you kind of did like your normal um methodology when it comes to these things that you just kind of chose like five from your four from you know I, I and you know i guess the last decade that were like significant in a way yeah i went with uh it was a little bit harder to do in a way i chose vapor as the the kind of filter instead of vapor wave just because mm. i thought it might give me a little bit more uh flexibility uh tried to space it out like you said so you know, after our first album, you know, 2010, but then the rest, 2012, 2015, 2019, I got two 2015s. Um, and I, I guess I could say that, I don't know, I, I feel like ultimately I gravitated a little bit toward albums that more or less approach the genre in a similar-ish way. I mean, you know, a little bit different. Like, I, I think there was... I probably could have done a little bit better doing more variety, but I think ultimately um, the reason that you have this umbrella term, as you, you've alluded to, um, but you know there might be different ways to approach it, is because it's really all about the vibe, like and the the aesthetic, like you said at the beginning. Like I mean, that is kind of a meme term, but it's very true. Like whenever you listen to anything under the vaporwave umbrella, there is a very similar aesthetic to it. There is a very it gives off a very similar vibe and sure it might manifest in different ways but you know you, 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 know, you kind of know it when you hear it um, mm. and that's not that's probably not the most helpful way to describe it but it i mean it, it's true like you just it really does have a certain you know from the album art to the way that either the artist or album name are stylized to obviously the music itself there's a certain there's a certain feel to a vaporwave album which i think is interesting yeah, uh, I mean, I'll say up front, I I definitely skewed more towards uh, I guess stereotypical picks mm. uh, because I really don't know that much about vaporwave and I really have not dipped my toes into it beyond like I think maybe listening to like a couple minutes of like uh, one of Fire Tools' albums when um, Heavy Blog was covering that like years and years ago and you know I think there was like some like in Mesh album that I listened to as well and like that's about it 
you know, but I've always been fascinated by it. It's just like, it's so difficult to know where to start. And so I just kind of started with the essentials. Um, but we both decided uh, to start with maybe the most essential album in some ways. And uh, I guess we're going to talk about it now. Um, and it's uh, Echo Jams, Volume 1, by uh, Chuck Person, a.k.a. One of Chuck's Point Never, a.k.a. Daniel Lopatin. Uh, and I, I, I thought it would be interesting just to talk about this because I, I, I figured we would both listen to it anyway. And they, am, am, I, am I wrong in thinking that? Um, yeah, I think it was, it was on my radar. Um, I kind of made a big list and then ultimately, I mean, you caught me right at the time when I was going to whittle it down. I just kind of went through rate your music and was like, all right, this seems interesting. That seems interesting, blah, blah, blah. So it was a good timing on your part, but I think ultimately, you know, looking into it, it's pretty obvious why you recommended we both talk about this. And I think ultimately I would have landed on it anyway. Yeah. I, I, I just figured, um, I think it was more just. I think one, it's, you know, often considered sort of like the first Vaporwave album or sort of like what like started all of it off. But I think bigger, more than that, uh, I think maybe both of us are pretty big Bono Tricks Point Ever fans. Um, so, you know, and, and I've never listened to Echo Jams uh, or at least the whole thing before. So I really wanted to just try to dive into this. And, you know, it, it's fun when we have, um, you know, when we pick the same album sometimes on these things, like even if it's like by accident, yeah. I thought it'd just be nice to just kind of get this one in and just, you know, call it, call it a win. Um, and so, so yeah, echo jams is, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it that. It is interesting. It's, yeah. yeah it, it's an hour of, uh, Daniel Lopatin just kind of chopping and screwing various samples from like, you know, all over, you know, music of pat of the past you know um you can definitely see where a lot of vaporwave albums sort of get that you know um uh pitch down vocal samples sort of things and like sort of that chill vibe uh i mean just from, just from the beginning where uh they you know he samples uh africa you know which i yeah. I, I kept thinking i'm like man scott's gonna love this <laughs> you know what honestly like that i mean i don't i don't know the the timeline of, of how this this thing kind of rolled out but that must have been where the whole meme you know meme tastic you know th- that's where the meme must have started or at least that that must have been one of the, the formative maybe um foundations of it because yeah that and that really set the tone for me for the record itself i mean i think this was a little bit of a I mean, it definitely felt like a, almost like a compilation. It really, like you said, it felt like someone kind of just, like he just it stitched together a bunch of ideas. I mean, uh, yeah. there, there, there was, there, there, there are some cool, like, I think there are a few tracks on it that are really cool. Um, it, it's tough to tell the actual tracks because uh, I don't think he gives any track names. I think it's all just untitled. Yeah, that was I something I noticed when the, the you know I I, I find it found on YouTube and the uh, I, th- I think that they tried to they said like this is my my best guess of the track list um, and something else interesting which is another thing we could probably talk about bigger picture about the Everwave is the version I listened to made it made it a point to mention that this was at, at nor- like normal speed or at full oh, speed yeah, yeah. which I think is an interesting wrinkle is that a lot of time I mean 
the whole like slow down with reverb is almost like a <laughs> weird. It's not even called a subgenre, but it, it's like a popular you know musical treatment that people yeah. like. Where you know they take uh, sometimes it works out. Actually, one of my favorite dance songs I think you know was uh, "Latch" by Disclosure. Yeah, and at one point I found like a slow like latch was was slow down but with reverb, and that like the percussion hits harder because you know it's bassier, um, like that's kind of cool. But it, it opens up interesting discussions about like not to be too deep, like what is music, like what you know, what counts as what counts as a remix. Like if if you just kind of you know if you just the, lightly. This, uh... This album definitely tests that question. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which I, I think yeah. it, it was it was I was curious about what you were gonna think because I definitely liked again, I'm gonna keep saying this word, I liked the vibe of this album. Uh, yeah. But it it in a way it was almost like an artsier take on lo fi study beats, and I know there's no way I can say that statement without it sounding like an insult, but <laughs> it really was I mean, th- this showed how like you know, I know Plunder Phonics has been an element of, of his, his career, you know, throughout his career, but this really was the most Plunder Phonicky of his of of his albums that I I've heard at least, where like there were, you know you know, there's some, yeah, some like overtly. Yeah, so, exactly. Like yeah. there are some some albums we, we, with samples I mean, where side note we like just side note, we should do a Plunder Phonics exploration yeah, at some point. Absolutely. Um but you know, there are some samples where you're like, oh, like that sounds familiar. I can't like pinpoint it, or some samples where like you're surprised to find it out, out at all. And I think there was probably a mix of that with what you would, um, you know, what you'd expect when you, you think of a sample. Like, I mean, I picked out obviously Toto by Africa, um, you know, Too Late by JoJo, which that really took me back to my childhood. Um, <laughs> it almost felt like I wrote down. It feels like a, like almost a dark web radio. Like it just almost yeah. like someone just was like, here's a pop, you know, um, here's here's a, like a, a pop music playlist from a local radio station, you know, chop and screw it or, or you know, or, you know, fuck around with it, basically. Um, yeah, uh, I, which, I can totally see you that. You know, kind of good and yeah. bad results there. You know, there's some I, I think there are moments where it hit other moments where it didn't. And in general, I think by the end, it just felt a little too nondescript, I guess. Yeah, like it just. Yeah. It's I, I I totally agree. I mean, I, you know, there are definitely some moments where you're like, oh shit, like this thing really like hits like just like the right vibe, and like it, it just feels like all the pieces come together. But that isn't always the case. And on top of that, it's like an hour of chopping and screwing of these samples, and you know, very rarely is there you know a, a ton of differentiation between the tracks in some ways. Like aside from the actual like samples being used. Like, it's always that, like, you slow it down, you have it stop, and, like, you, you have it looping at, like, this certain part, and, like, you just kind of do that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it, it's, I, I, I always, like, this week, I just, I thought of it as, like, it's more of, like, a, it's, it's a cool proof of concept, you yeah. more than anything. Yeah, um, that's a really good way to put it. It almost felt, felt like somewhere between like a compilation or a playlist or a mixtape, which I know like nowadays, you know, what even is an album is a fair question. Like, you know, yeah. Now like, like technically the chance the rapper's coloring book was a mixtape, but like, that's not a mixtape. That's an album. But like, you know, getting in that distinction, you really get in the weeds. Um, 
and I think this is kind of the same same idea where like when the samples are this obvious, but they're kind of they're positioned in an interesting way, and certainly it's it has the heft of an album. And I think that's something else through a number of my picks because I didn't obviously look at track times. I thought Vaporwave was like kind of like a short and sweet genre. No. I thought, and I, I guess I was sorely mistaken. Oh, <laughs> I, I know. So. I, uh, I wanted to listen to uh, the. I wanted to listen to the album uh, Psychon uh, Seiku by uh, Telepath, mm-hmm. and uh, I was going to do it just like I think last night, and it was like over two hours long. Wow! <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm 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 not doing that. <laughs> like. <laughs> an hour long vaporwave album is enough for me like believe me um but yeah so so i guess you know mixed to positive vibes for some echo jams and it, not to mention like that uh that album cover is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah and, and again it really um you know i think we, we talk a lot about like one of the hot takes i abandoned for last week's episode just because I feel like we've talked about it a lot and I don't think it's, I'm not even sure it's that, that hot take anymore, is that it's it just doubling down that album art is really important and it's totally a fair element to consider when you are judging an album. Um, mm. I think, you know, just having this aesthetic, being able to like very quickly identify something as it's, you know, kind of the same way, um, you know, in, in death metal, I think you can quickly identify what strain of death metal something is just by like what the presentation looks like. So I think that that's, it's interesting how all of these albums, like just even scrolling through regular music, how like everyone just kind of does a variation of the same vibe. Even, you know, even they're producing something uh, unique from their music or from, you know, from their music to their album art you know what you're getting. Like, it's very mm. obvious that, that, you know, this is the aesthetic that's being delivered, um, which I just thought, I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, uh, do you, uh, how do you want to, do you, do you want to go first with this and um, be able to just kind of switch off? Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this had, this just had a very strong 80s vibes. And in the past, uh, I think the only, straight up vaporwave artist that i've encountered that i enjoyed was uh not, not that i i mean that should mainly just because i hadn't listened to a lot of it it's not that i listened to a ton of vaporwave and didn't like it uh was a uh, saint pepsi which he, there yeah. were a few songs of, of his that i really enjoyed so i kind of tried to or, or at least i gravitated toward a lot of albums that had that same aesthetic which is what attracted me to deep fantasy by surfing she came out in 2012. Um, you know, build as vaporwave, chill wave, hypnagogic, hypnagogic pop, which is really hard to say out loud, and I've never done it before. I, uh, I, I think it's hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. Okay, well. I, I don't really know. So <laughs> I, mis- I, I don't know why I'm correcting you. I'm even, sorry. <laughs> even had a hard time mispronouncing it. I love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and synth funk. We you know, kind of all those vibes, which are all genres I like. I love synth funk. It's one of my favorite, um, you know, like, Chromeo, Toro Imoa, um, just love, love me some good synth funk. Prince, you know, as I've discovered, early Prince, mm. hot take, early Prince is good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this album, um, it, had, it had a couple really nice highlights. Uh, End of the Night just felt like a classic 80s slow jam, you know, just like typical um, kind of after you've had some radio hits, you really slow it down, 
you know, something nice for the ladies. That's kind of what it felt like. Except, <laughs> again, it just had that, you know, that veneer, that vaporwave vibe. I say that five times fast. Um, it just, it, again, it's just, it's so interesting how it's just, it's so identifiable. Like, you know, just extra reverb, just like the, almost just the pace of the, the notes, which is maybe like silly to say, but really it does feel like everything's just slower. Everything's just chiller. Um, and, you know, another example is Lifetime. It was, it was a nice synth funk jam that had a little bit more oomph, but again, it's still, you know, it just felt a half step down. Um, which ultimately, I, again, I liked the vibe. It was nice to have one on the background, but I just, it, it did feel like it needed just a little bit of, it just lacked a little bit of spark. Like it just, it almost felt like in some cases it was the echoes of, of more of catchier tracks from these genres. Um, mm. but I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. Like I, I thought it was, uh, it was interesting to hear an iteration of, of styles that I enjoy but with a very specific aesthetic applied to it you know kind of approaching you know typically very very upbeat very flashy bright genres and kind of taking it into a different a different direction where it's not, it's not any less but like i don't think it like it, it didn't go from like major to minor or anything like that but it just it, it took on a, a different slant which complemented yeah. it in some ways, but altered it in others. Yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. And I think, you know, to, to kind of go back on, you know, you said they kind of sounded like echoes of, like, 80s music in a way. And have you ever, there's um there's a great video that uh, Deep Cuts, Oliver from Deep Cuts, did about um, hauntology in relation to Vaporwave, which um, I'm, I'm not going to try to explain hauntology here. I, I'll just say that it's a... Um, it's a concept pioneered by uh, Jacques Derrida, uh, and it's like part of like the post-structuralist movement. But um, it's really interesting because it, you know, like it's, you know, it it, it kind of dives into exactly that just this idea that um, you know it's it it feels like it's it's sort of the ghost of you know the past kind of coming to subsume like future music in a way. Mm. Um, it, it's a super interesting video. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, even though I, I will be honest, I can usually never make heads or tails of uh, <laughs> Derrida. So, <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, no, that, that sounds really interesting. And I, I think you know to kind of you, you actually mentioned um, an artist that I decided to listen to, and uh, I actually had him in my last. Uh, it was the last one I listened to, but I'm just going to talk about it now. And that's uh, Hit Vibes by Saint Pepsi. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, you Honestly, know, but, I would have listened to that if I hadn't. I mean, I already listened to it, and I, you can't really explore a song you've already seen. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think I'm trying to remember because I, I think I was, yeah, I was going to listen to that Telepath album, and I, and I, it just wasn't happening. And uh, I think there was this other uh, Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night album that looked interesting too, but it turned out to be like this, like slushcore, like mix of like you know it was like something like six 20 minute songs or something like that and it was like yeah no not gonna listen to that either <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so so you know here we go same pepsi hit vibes and you are very right that it has that that i mean i, I guess it's what they call like what, future funk um yeah yep yeah and, and i mean just yeah super i mean i, I don't know if 
chill is the right word, but like there's definitely like this. Um, I mean, it's funky, you know. Like it, you want to get on the dance floor a little bit, and you know, cut a rug, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I, whatever the fuck that means, it probably has something to do with cocaine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it was you know it was a cool listen. You know, it. I I, I guess my only uh, my my issue is that like it it just it gets stale pretty quickly and I, and maybe it's just because of the um sort of the it, it's a long it's a longish track time in in like runtime in my opinion so it's just like by the end you're just like uh-huh okay yep an- another another 404 beat another kind of funky you know riff going on it's like uh-huh okay like it it reminds me that i think there's like an american dad um episode where like they they, they do like some sort of like you know, one-off gag with like you know panpipe music, and they're like, yeah, it's like each track is like it turns out to be more boring and shittier than the last one or something like that. <laughs> it's and it's like I I I don't think any track here was was shitty, but like y- it definitely somehow feels more um, you know repetitive than the last. Like and it's just. Yeah, it, it it just turned out to be a lot, and I'm like, okay, like, at, at when I was done, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done, like, I, I'm 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 done with this. <laughs> just no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm totally with you because, uh, first of all, I, I totally forgot. This is probably one of the most vaporwave album covers. It's, it's just such a <laughs> this this looks like the CD to like an OG Windows like computer game. Yeah, like the, like the album art. Um, but yeah. I think I discovered him from a song called Cherry Pepsi, which which I, I think is great, like really nice future funk. When I checked out the album, like first few songs um, to get there, I think I was like, okay, this is not really hitting me the same way. Uh, but but specifically, his follow up album, Mannequin Challenge, the intro and then the, the true opening track, I Need Your Love in Me, is like an insanely good like vaporwave um, it's like you know, new disco through a vaporwave lens, and it just you go on such a high, and then the rest of the album just really, it feels like you know when an album is just trying to, trying its best to live up to like its best moment that's already passed. Like, yeah, that, that's just that's just really, that's really what it felt like, unfortunately. Um, but that's funny you listen to same because I, I was thinking of listening to it, but I was like, yeah, that's not you know I. I've already kind of listened to his two most recent albums. I don't really know how much more I'll just I'll discover. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess somewhat in this, I actually have CM Pepsi written down again for the next album. But you know, in, in I guess in in, in Boulder or in uh, in brighter all caps letters, uh, 2015 uh, Dante Mars Ejeto, which I guarantee is wrong. Uh, Life Enterprises. <laughs> Which uh, I will note, all of the letters have at least two spaces between them. <laughs> uh, I'm just eyeballing it now. I was going to say a space, but I feel like that's two spaces. Um, side note: that's still something I encounter in work, where people will space twice after a period. And yeah, the, I, I I guess that that's what you're supposed to do. I I, I will go. I will I will deal blows with any any well, any grammar I, book. But so I, I, I think it's like, and, and you know, I, I'm just, 
I might be talking out of my ass here. I think it's from uh, being like being um, trained on a typewriter. Yes, that is what I've heard too. But the people at my you know at my job who've done that, I feel like they'd be insulted if I insinuated they learned to type on a typewriter because uh, <laughs> I feel like that ins- you know that suggests a certain age. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> on that note, um, yeah, I, I mean. A lot more life than the surfing album, but very much the same vibe. Um, you know, like a little, you know, brighter, brighter jams, brighter funk, just, you know, through that lens. And again, I mean, I I tried to write down more notes, but it, it really just felt like a similar experience where I was, you know, it was, it was interested to see the. Um, the aesthetic all the way through like the i mean i'd love to understand why all of these artists i thought there was so much more of a presence in you know japan or asia with these artists and it's interesting I, I don't that, think so i think they're all just like americans yeah like i i, 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 I mean they, I, they, they just find that like that that like japanese like you know aesthetic oh it, you know. what's it uh crap uh city pop I think that, that that's a genre we haven't mentioned. That it, I mean, that that is kind of like quintessential um, synthwave or uh, uh, you know, quote unquote wave influences. What is it called? Uh, Japanese city pop. Okay. Uh, on, like the first time I listened to a city pop album, I was like, oh wow, shit, that's 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 vaporwave. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess it was it was like pop in the '80s. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely like this album a little bit more, but. It was similar, similar issues. Honestly, is that it just like again? There was nothing, nothing in the album that was bad at all by any, by any means. I think any one track in isolation, I'd be like, oh, this is really cool. This is you know really nice for me to kind of nod my head along to. But just by the end of the album, it just felt just so much like a so much like a vibe. I don't like. I hate to keep going back to that, but <laughs> I know I know there are people who really like people really into this culture you know kind of the 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 vaporwave subculture and you know i, I like what you like I'm not, I'm not trying to you know shit on anyone but like how? how how like how i don't understand how you could listen to this like this style enough to be like or like how you could like this style enough to listen to it with any frequency like whenever i'm in the mood like i, f- I feel like this album was emblematic of my relationship with you know, for this episode or, or kind of when I really have a hankering for St. Pepsi. Like, that specific approach, like, combination of, like, funk and disco and 80s vibes is just, like, so perfect and, like, so singular. But I, I, I can't imagine listening to it, you know, with, with I, a great deal know, of frequency. It, it occurred to me uh, before, um, you know, earlier last week, to uh, wonder if maybe we should have had uh, Pad Chennington on <laughs> for this episode, because I, I I felt like I feel like that would be perfect because then we could just we could just ask him this and be like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Explain. You got some like, explaining to do. Yeah, like can, can you can you seriously justify this? <laughs> like no, yeah, no, like, like I totally I, get I get the appeal generally, but like the the adoration and kind of like the the fandom i i just i'm uh... yeah i I, i'm i i agree i mean it's definitely like you know you you like what you like kind of yeah that's Um, why like i wasn't trying to 
hammer that yeah. home too much because of, again, whatever you like. Yeah, there there are people who are probably like, why the fuck would you ever listen to any death metal? It's awful. So <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I totally. I, get I would it. say we're we're coming at this from a completely different point of view as well. Like we're very much a variety is the spice of life kind of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, um, true. Yeah, and so like you know you know for me to listen to any genre for the rest of my life like only that sounds like a prison sentence yeah. you know because uh, <laughs> it's just it's just fun to kind of like be kind of a dilettante I don't know um, yeah I, 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 don't know. I, I keep interrupting you did, did you have anything else that you want to say about this album no unfortunately I, I, I really I mean I did like it a little bit more I felt like it was a little bit more direct and I mean I feel like if anything this is it was it reminded me why I like. I don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing. It reminded me why I, I prefer like synth funk or why I, like I enjoy it so much because I just feel like what this was missing, like synth funk has, like it has the same kind of summery, bright pop, you know, really pop centric vibes with like a you know a little bit of an artsy flair, um, but it, it just has that oomph. Like it just you know, for lack of a better word, I feel like I'm using a lot of like not really not super descriptive words but like I I feel like that's kind of the name of the game with the genre is it's yeah. very very again it's probably like the 15th time I've said it but like it just it is a vibe it just is like yeah. it just, it's very the, much like a there's feel. a there's a sort of like ineffable likeness to it you know like the, there's kind of like an intuitive like you, you you just you just either are like on board with what's going on or you aren't yeah and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't fall off halfway through <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and I mean, I I will say like you know I I definitely encounter what you're talking about. It's just like you know it, it's it's a lot to I don't know. It, it just feels like a lot of these albums are like unnecessarily long in some places, or like I I guess given the structure of the music, um, you know it it feels like the runtime doesn't usually justify um, sort of the 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 musical structures that are sort of being used here. Yeah, um, and I'll just, I'll reiterate that. That's why I was so surprised to learn just how long some of these albums were. Yeah. Because, like, I, I think with St. Pepsi, I think they were relatively, like, his albums are, like, 30, 40-something-ish. Like, I think relatively deep. Like, so some of these albums are over an, an hour long or, or more. It's like, how? how yeah. How is, how is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, anyway, man. so my uh, my next album is, is kind of an obvious pick. Um, you know, I think it's like, I don't know, within like the first three, um, on, if you look for just Vaporwave on, um, Rate Music, which I looked for Vaporwave as opposed to Vapor, um, just because I, I don't know, I, I kind of wanted to get more of the classic vibe. And I mean, this is, I guess a classic now is, um, uh, I'll Try Living Like This by a a Death's Dynamic Shroud, um, Oh, and, uh, I picked that too. There you go. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll jump on it. I mean, right. I, I, so I don't know if you noticed this on uh, on Bandcamp, but it's it's tagged as a post whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which I love. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, going into this, it, it, this was the first album I listened to, and it wasn't exactly inviting at first, but I really grew into it pretty fast. And uh, I I really enjoyed this thing. Like there are just some really great moments where you just like it just feels like everything is like firing in like the right places, and you you're just like okay like I I get it like you know 
Um, like you know, what? It, it, it's kind of like um, th- this is a throwback, I think, for for us. Do you did you ever have to do that? Um, those like balance um, parts in uh, like the uh, the balance unit in uh, gym class back in like middle school, where like they would give oh, you like yes. yeah, where you get to go wow. on like bongo boards and shit. What a throwback! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it, it, it's kind of like that. It's, it's it's like once you kind of get it, like you get it, like you know, where like you know, if you're on stilts, like you know, to like look in a certain direction and like you know keep your focus in a way like it's like the same thing with like a unicycle it's just like once you get that you're like oh fuck yeah but the thing is like this is you know these albums are like riding a unicycle and like constantly kind of losing your balance Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes you know so like i i would find these moments where i was like yes like this is fucking kills like this kicks ass and then uh it would just you know kind of just fade out a little bit and then we'll come back, you know? So, like, oh, I mean, all this to say, this was, like, an hour-long album. I've really enjoyed it a lot to the point that uh, there are a couple copies left on Bandcamp. And I, I've thought about maybe getting one because they have it on CD. Um, but I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say I think some of the some of the same issues persisted here. But I would say less so because it was a little bit... Um, nothing like too harsh or anything like that, but it was a little bit, little glitchier, a little bit more. Uh, this might feel weird to say, but almost, I I felt more aware that I was listening to an electronic album. Yeah, this, which, Le- yeah. It it just feels like that. There's like more going on. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, there's more thought put into everything. You know, not 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 to like, um, you know, discredit like Echo Jams, but like. You know, that th- it, it just like that album feels like just like that one very specific technique repeated for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I, I, I interrupted you. Um, no, no, I, I think that, that that was very additive to what I was saying. Uh, it again, I think it added the 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 right of like it wasn't it didn't disrupt the vibe so to speak. I'm probably gonna say it another dozen times before, we're <laughs> but like it didn't disrupt that aesthetic um but it, it it added to it and it kind of it was a different side of the coin uh i was kind of hoping for that because the album cover is a little it definitely fits the theme of the genre but it's a little chaotic uh, yeah it's a, or it's certainly a lot more chaotic than the other album covers uh but i also one of the reasons i picked this is because um the album name is dot wmv which I yeah. thought, I mean, like it's a subtle nod, but I think it, it again it speaks to the the online culture. It speaks to that kind of lens. But again, I was surprised when I opened the Bandcamp page, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania came up. But like, I think the first track title that looks like Korean to me. So I I just I I find yeah. that so interesting, just because I was, you know. I guess I was I had a lot wrong about this style. I thought albums were shorter. I thought that most of the artists were based in you know Asian countries. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. Uh, you know, you can, you know. I think it speaks to the the the, the influence of city pop that runs through the genre personally. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's just you know I it it just feels it, it, it's kind of like. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's like the vaporwave version of like corpse paint, you know, like it, it just feels like such like a staple in a way to like have 
like you know everything written in like japanese or korean or chinese you know yeah. <laughs> like regardless of whether it's needed or not and you know it's it's just it's there you know yeah <laughs> enjoy it um did you want to talk about your next one or do you want me to talk about mine again no i mean i i have uh, do you have anything more to say about uh, i i don't like i i mean I, I would say if if you know if somebody is listening to this and they haven't um you know listened to vaporwave before i like i think this is a good place to start um you know because yeah. I, I think you you get a lot of like the staples of like the genre in a way but it doesn't it, it doesn't like bog you down too much yeah, yeah. absolutely i i would co-sign that this is a I think Echo Jams might be like maybe one A one B is because I I totally understand why Echo Jams was so you know you know important to the evolution of vaporwave. Mm. So that might be a good place to start. But in terms of like the genre being done, I mean I I would say this is probably my my favorite of the bunch. Um, probably my second favorite of the bunch is my last pick, and that is. Uh, Windows 96 and their album Enchanted Instrumentals and Whispers which I really like that title and I like the album <laughs> cover so I was like alright uh, let me give it a shot and it's, if, if we're talking about Goldilocks you know good, better, best uh, I would say that Deep Fantasy was good, Life Enterprises was better and Enchanted Instrumentals and Whispers was definitely the best of the specific you know kind of the the funky, the, the, the chill funk funky chill approach to vaporways um this one came came by way of brazil so that's cool somewhere different uh and i especially liked the little note on Bandcamp where uh he said or they said this thing it's been years and it's the same don't know what i'm doing and i appreciate that that's how i feel in general um, <laughs> but yeah i mean really very much the same thing i liked um didn't like about surfing dante mars ajeto but much less the uh, much less on the didn't like scale because you have you have like the vapor wave the chill you'd expect um, a little bit more on the synth wave so a little bit um, a little bit less of the synth funk and almost le really leaning into the hypnagogic 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 um, pop <laughs> like definitely a lot more psychedelic I think kind of the you know, when I think of hip, hip, go, 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 whatever, that type of pop. When I think of that type of pop, you know, I think of like Ariel Pink, um, mm. you know, off, offshoots of Animal Collective. Um, and I think kind of the best aspects of that style, um, where it feels like, it almost feels like you're listening to pop, like psychedelic music from the past and present kind of colliding in a weird way. Like when it's done really well, you're like, this makes this sounds old in some ways but new in other ways and i think really infusing like more or less what you what or what i had come to expect from the albums i listened to infusing that with a little bit more of the psychedelic angle and a little bit more of the retro vibes um while still sounding fresh um i think it worked for me and i was glad to because i listened to chronological orders this one came out in 2019 um the other thing I will say is that it's interesting that, you know, 2019 is three years ago at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, um, I wonder, like, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I, I didn't 
Like, I wonder if, if, and I'm probably, I'm not qualified to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I've already started saying it. Um, I wonder if the genre is stagnating a little bit, just because it's interesting that an album from 2012 and an album from 2019 that I listened to sounded very, very similar. And I know seven years isn't really that long in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know. I feel like you'd expect a little bit more innovation. And, you know, maybe, not that I want to sign up to listen to hours upon hours of more vaporwave after preparing for this episode but i i don't know i, I wonder if the reason that it it, it it had its heyday like I, I remember specifically this really being a thing the reason it's kind of quieted down is because people either ran out of, out of ideas or just it became the, the vibes ran out so to speak um i don't know just just a thought because I, I i that was definitely something i noted that i felt like definitely the good better best um was real for me, but that we're talking about an album from 2015, an album from 20, uh, 2012, and an album from 2019, and that there isn't a whole lot separating them. I don't know. You, you wonder, like, I, I wonder if that has something to do with sort of how niche the genre is. Yeah. That, like, you know, like, it kind of has, like, all these things. And, you know, it, if it doesn't have one of those things, it kind of feels almost like an odd man out. Mm. Like, I don't know, like... Oh, so I, so like like to be accepted, like to be accepted in like the community or like people are kind oh, of. Oh no, I I I meant just more like you know like um it would be like I I like actually when you brought it up earlier like I it occurred to me like war metal or something like that, kind of has that like you know like you know if you're listening to like a war metal album or not, mm. um and you know it's such a it's such a niche thing that it's like you know like like you know exactly how it's gonna sound like it's it's like listening to like most grindcore albums or Mm. you know um you know something like that you know where it's just like the the things that make up the genre are so specific okay maybe the bet maybe a better idea would be Mm d-beat because like you know you, you listen to one discharge song you listen to every discharge song you know and I fucking love like you know uh, that one discharge album, um, but it's, you know hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. Um, but like you got to admit, they all they they the songs are basically the same. No, you know, I, I, I I think that's why uh, that was a great comp on your part, you know, war metal, because I, I had a war metal phase and I was super into it, like you know revenge, um, uh, uh, archgoat. Um, oh fuck there's another there's a, oh blah, blasphemy blasphemy he was credited with creating it um and i was really into it because it really like it you know the sub or like another name for it is bestial black metal it's just it's basically like like raw black metal disguise or like death metal disguised as raw black metal and it's it's really amazing when you first listen to it it's like so aggressive so fast so intense and then after a while you're like um is this the same song copied yeah. 12 times? Like, am I... And I mean, I think Revenge is a great example of that, where, like, their album covers look virtually identical. Um, <laughs> one another, like, I mean, like, not not literally, but it's, just, it's like the same exact graphic design style, and they just pick three different aggressive, like, verbs and, and change it out, and then whatever. So, yeah, yeah I, that's actually a great comp, now that I think about it, because... Um, I feel like if I, I, for whatever reason, I didn't get into Vaporwave when it was really big. I feel, if, I kind of feel like after listening to 
for this episode that I would have had a similar experience where like I got was really into it for a short period of time. Like it just it burned really hot, but just not it wasn't really sustained. Um, yeah, yeah, it, or like in a vaporwave example, like you know it the the, the, the it ran, but then the the CPU kind of crapped out. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but uh i so i have uh i have two more did you did you already go through all of yours or am, am uh, I, uh yeah I, yeah we, we each did four and then we did echo we jams, did echo right? jams. yeah yeah so i i still have two more then um okay. so yeah I, i'll 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 get through these oh pretty right quick. because we both did this yeah that makes sense yeah we, we okay all right i i was losing track for a second yeah i was i was um, confused too so yeah right. so okay. i i I, I I kind of feel like um like a tool for uh covering this album because I feel like it's probably the most iconic vaporwave album ever made. Go uh, on. But I felt like I just had to do it, and uh, yeah. So Floral Shop by Macintosh Plus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, which I I think I had listened to it maybe before, but I don't really remember listening to it. So. Uh, I put it on, and uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a reason that it is uh, so well regarded. I think part of it, you know, obviously has to do with that album cover, and just you know how distinctive it is. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess is maybe the best way to put it. And uh, you know, all of like the, um, I think that's Japanese. You know, uh, typography and everything, and just you know, again, yeah, like you always say, like you know, it's it's the aesthetic, it's the vibe. Uh, but you know, I I think similar to uh, I'll try living like this, like it feels like it it takes, um, you know, kind of like what Echo Jams did, but you know, kind of makes it its own, and you know, kind of you know, it adds a lot of variety. It feels like that there's there's a lot going on within the music as opposed to just one thing being repeated at nauseum. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, um, you know. Also, for some reason, I think it's it's called it's considered mall soft on rate your music. I don't really know why. It's considered um, what? Mall soft. I, I I think I talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like a genre that like a subgenre of vaporwave that's supposed to be like, uh, kind of reminiscent of like elevator music and like you know oh, okay. um, like background music and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, and I can kind of see that. Like, it kind of has that, like, chill vibe to it, but, like, but kind of like this um, uh, non-threatening sort of vibe that, that just, like, you, you, it does kind of feel like it could be on in a mall um, in a way. Um, yeah, I, I, also, weird thing about this is, like, if, so you could, the only place you can stream it is on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not for sale on Bandcamp. Okay, that's interesting. It's not for sale anywhere. Okay. Like, as far as I can tell. And it's like, which is one of the weirdest things. It's like, so, so you have your album streaming on Bandcamp, but you don't let people buy it? <laughs> like, why? That's, I, I don't, I I don't like get wouldn't it. You, especially because I remember that album having kind of a, you know, it's, it's cultural moment on the internet. Yeah. I feel like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even want to give people the, like, name your product, like, the option to support you. Like, I don't know like yeah it's 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 not even like like no you 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 have no you have no choice yeah like like, you are not allowed to buy this you know like Uh, people were like hey i would love to give you money for your music thank you so much it's like eh, that's okay 
I mean, so <laughs> so the person behind Macintosh Plus who goes by the the name Vectroid, um, mostly, uh, I think they, they're kind of um, they, I think they've got just a ton of music. So you know, I I kind of interpret it as like, okay, they they kind of want that album to kind of stay in the past and just kind of work on new stuff. Uh, which I, I can kind of get that. Um, anyway, so finally is uh, my my final album is uh, Virtual Dream Plaza by Virtual Dream Plaza, which is uh, if you look it up, it's uh, all I think it's Japanese as well. Uh, you know, and so. Like the, like the artist title and the title of the album are both, uh, you know, in Japanese. So I, I, I had to translate. But um, anyway, I, I picked this because I think I'd seen the um, album cover somewhere, but I thought it was really cool looking. Like it, 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 it reminds me a little bit of um, like kind of like, I don't know, like the Seed um, Military Academy from Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> um, if you ever look that up. Um it, it, it just has like this weird nostalgic kind of aesthetic to it and, and it's kind of like low resolution and you know I, I think it's supposed to be of a like it's like the outside of a mall but I'm not totally sure uh, but this is probably like the odd man out of like this entire exploration for me because this is like the shortest one by a good chunk like it's like half an hour long it's just one track and it's like very ambient and kind of like I don't know like it almost starts off sounding like a dark ambient album mm. and then it kind of just grows a little bit and you know and it kind of like the uh, the sound gets more and more distinct as time goes on mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's pretty interesting you know it, it it's I, I wrote down it's it's creepy it's like being lost in a mall without your mommy <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that, that that's kind of you know, I, I, I don't think that's an unpopular um, take. I think I've read something similar on Bandcamp. Um, also, speaking of, of you know, uh, you know, uh, vaporwave artists being obsessed with, like, Japanese culture and, like, it just, uh, like, Asian popular culture in general, um, this particular um, Virtual Dream Plaza, the, their Bandcamp, which, by the way, is a, um, it's a side project of uh, Telepath, but um, the Bandcamp for Virtual Dream Plaza has like I don't know something like 126 albums, mm-hmm. um, and there I I think there are only like maybe four or five that aren't a picture of I I I, I want to say that is a um, I I think it's like some sort of uh, Korean drama, like soap opera, <laughs> like and it's just like different stills of like this same actress I think. Possibly, I, I I'm not totally sure, but like they're all of just like this one woman, like every time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's so bizarre to look because you're scrolling for a little bit and, <laughs> and you're just trying to find like this one fucking album that doesn't have that album cover in a way. <laughs> it's 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 bizarre, but um, yeah, th- th- this was a really this was a cool listen. I guess the thing is, it suffers like all the other ones from just kind of like it feels like a lack of lack of ideas in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, because it just feels like there are these two musical motifs that kind of are just kind of shuffled around for the almost the entirety of the half an hour that this album comprises, mm. and um, 
I mean, you know, if you're not really paying attention to it and, you know, like you're treating it like an Eno-esque ambient album, like, okay, like, you know, I, I, I feel like that you can almost get a pass from that. But I mean, at the same time, like I wasn't, I wasn't paying total attention to it. And even I could kind of tell, like, I was like, okay, this thing again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, You know, so, you know, kind of a mixed bag, but still it, it was an interesting, you know, like the beginning was really interesting and like i, I think it was like if, if if it was like 10 minutes shorter i think it would have been fantastic but i think it was just like that last 10 minutes where you're just like uh-huh okay is there like anything else new that's that's being like introduced here you know but but you know there really isn't and you know again that, that's just like i think that's just a huge problem with every album that i've you know come in contact with so far in vaporwave is just like it it, it very rarely does the runtime seem to like i guess rarely does the yeah really does the music tend to justify the runtime yeah absolutely Um, that 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 unfortunately and i wonder if it really is because you you have to you know you have to really you're just trying to generate a vibe like it's it's you're trying to you know this is something that people like you assume or you you even just explicitly make because people are gonna to listen to it in the background, so you're not yeah. as you're not as concerned about you know as, as long as you maintain that vibe like you don't throw in like a you know like a jungle drum break randomly and you're like okay well that totally broke things up um, <laughs> like yeah you know, as but, long but as you the don't thing just, is, like yeah like I think contrast is an important thing when it comes to music you know you you can't just have a vibe. You know, like, I, I, I think, like, part of what makes art, you know, um, like, I guess a lot of art very powerful is that it, it has these contrasts and, you know, you're able to recognize both sides of a certain sound or what have you. Um, and obviously, like, I, I think there are no, like, set rules in, in art, you know, so, like, you can get away with, you know, sort of doing something for an entire album or whatever, but, but you know it feels like the entire genre is trying to do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's uh, a little difficult, you know? Yeah. Anyway. And I, I think, I think I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> Cause I had, I had a relevant point. Um, nope. It's gone. I'm sorry. That was, a, <laughs> that, was that was anything's a little wet fart. I'm sorry. So it's a wet, wet fart of a thought. No, I, I generally, I thought, okay. I, I had something I wanted to share, and now I don't. But um, it's all I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna remember it as soon as we hang up. That's just that's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, so yeah. Overall, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that you know we took the time to listen to these albums. You know, I, I don't really know if I'd see myself exploring Vaporwave too much in the future. But I mean, it was it was cool for what it was. No, I, I'm glad we listened to it. You know. For this exploration it was interesting to dive in a little bit more um but yeah i just am not i don't know I, I i really do i really do find it interesting that there's such a there's, su- there's such such a following like i i don't know like i i, I, maybe, I maybe we do need to have pad chennington on yeah, like, like seriously, like, like, like I and this is I have seriously I thought about trying to see if we could get him on before, um, because I I think he would be hilarious to talk to, 
you know, a, and he would answer like all these questions like very well for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, but I feel I feel like that's the case with with any any genre that like so you're really passionate about. The people again, I'll go with we'll go with any form of extreme metal. Like I feel like people who don't like metal are going to listen to it and be like, why? Like why in God's name does this appeal to you at all? Like, I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it. Like, why? I mean, at, at this point, you know, screaming, rapping, so like, it, it all just sounds like different types, styles of vocals to me. Like, I, I don't even think about it. Uh, you know, obviously, I think about whether or not I like it, but I don't think about it being, you know, too abrasive or whatever. Um, so maybe this is exactly the type. Oh shit! I know exactly what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like. Like, you know, Chromio, Toru Ma, like, the, the different synth funk artists I like. Even Video Age. Like, Video Age didn't get, like, they didn't really get that raucous at any point on, like, you know, their two albums. And you could, you know, the album that we listened to, um, we reviewed. You, you, you didn't listen to their death metal album? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just if, if it, it feels like they, like, they could keep that chillness without... You know, without sacrificing, like, you know, a little bit of variety, you know, we're not going all over the place, but just it feels like there's just more, there's more distinction between tracks. There's just more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But also, like, that that video age album that we listened to was, like, half an hour long. As yeah. Well. And that, again, that's the other reason I was so surprised, because I think the longer you draw out something that's really meant to be, you know, again, a vibe for the last time. Uh, it's the you know the more difficult it's going to be to truly produce something super interesting. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, it's one of those things, man. Sometimes you know it's something's as long as it needs to be, but sometimes it doesn't need to be that long. You know, yeah. that's what <laughs> um, she said. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you you want to talk about albums of the week? I would love to. Okay, well, go for it. So, uh, I forget what I was doing or what errand I was running, but I happened to, you know, stop into Newbury just to kill some time, as, as, as you <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, recently, like, I feel like I didn't really, you know, for a while I didn't really agree with you because I always felt like I found stuff in Newbury. Like, I didn't really think it fallen off. Recently, I've, I've kind of come over to your side. I, I don't know what it is, but I just... I've just been more and more disappointed. Um, I, I mean, I I don't even I don't really even know what the, what, you know, why or like like when. But I feel like more and more trips I've made, I'm like, wow, there really was nothing. Like there were there aren't even a lot of stuff that I'm like borderline about. Where I'm like, ah, oh, like I might get that, but maybe not today. Like I'm not in the mood. Um, mm. But I found a really really cool album that um, I I was you know specifically in my mind. It was one of the last albums I, I really, really wanted from this artist. And lo and behold, there it was in pretty good condition for a pretty good price. And it's uh, uh, Dark Mages by Miles Davis. That is so funny because I, I actually bought that like two weeks ago. Yeah, like, actually. I, I checked. That and, it, and then uh, Agharda. I, I checked your uh, Discogs because I was wondering if you had it and I saw that yeah. you did. Um, but... Yeah, for whatever reason, over the years, I have slowly collected his live albums, or at least his like, really well-known live albums from his Electric Era. Obviously, you know, Live Evil being the first one. But then I just organically stumbled upon uh, Pangea, and then Eckharta, 
and I, I liked them all, but the more I looked into it, I saw that Dark Magus has kind of become, you know, the you know the definitive, even more so than um, Live Evil, arguably, just because, you know, I checked Radio Music, and it has more or less the same amount of ratings, you know, off by, like, about 100 or 200 or so, mm. but it has, a, Dark Magus is a higher average, which, I mean, not to diminish from either one, but I just, I was always... I found Pangea and Akarta for pretty cheap and Live Evil. I actually have a vinyl copy and a CD copy. Um, but yeah, I was stoked to find it and it is... I totally see why it's so celebrated. It's just, it really, really... Well, probably the most intense of the bunch. Just really, you know, it, it is credited with at least contributing something to like the burgeoning noise rock scene at the time. And I kind of I kind of see where that came from. It, it was one of the more raucous and, and rock oriented of his electric era certainly of the live albums and I, I had a I had a really good time listening to it and I was really stoked to find it yeah no the, the, that's like one of those things that's like to find that is like super cool nowadays uh, you know I feel like you know five years ago it would have been like really easy to find that at Bull Moose you know but not anymore man <laughs> not yeah, anymore exactly I was really excited to find it especially because the cashier like I, I said something to the effect of like you know I was really you know, I was just happy to find it and he said yeah like we have two owners one of them's a little bit more um, you know a little bit more checked out but like he'll periodically look at our the used stock we get in and he'll just like grab it before it hits the shelves so whatever oh, so, like so that. it's that dick <laughs> yeah and I was like as he's telling me this I'm like is this like th- that's kind of like a like it's not really a positive like i'm actually kind of surprised you're telling me this that like there have been cool records that might have hit the floor that this guy was like "Eh, i'm just gonna take it (laughs) it's like oh okay that's interesting thanks for sharing (laughs) yeah i mean Uh, i I remember i I, one time i when i sold a bunch of stuff at bull moose um i think one of the one of the albums i sold was uh the mantle by agalock and the guy who was uh who was uh, scanning all my stuff in he was like oh he like he took a look at and he's like yep I'm uh, I I'm definitely gonna uh, you know as soon as this thing's on the floor I'm gonna try to buy it. <laughs> but but, but I, like I, I, at least he lets it on the floor, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's one thing. Like I don't know if they have if like how frequent this this is if they have a um, if they have a policy for it. But uh, like like after a certain amount of time, like of an I mean I don't know how they police this, but like let it be on the floor and then like as a as a, a paying customer, as a civilian, if you will, like you, you find it after the fact, you can, you know, you can grab it. Because I mean, they're, they're music fans too. But it just felt weird that, like, before, like you said, before it even hits the floor, it's like, really? Like you're just gonna, yeah. You're just gonna take, I mean, like you, you are this. You're one of the owners. Like, presumably, one of your goals is that people buy shit from your stores. Exactly. So. Like you, you know, like it seems pretty counterintuitive to your business model. Yeah, I was I was surprised I was just surprised he told me that. I'm like, that's kinda it's kinda shit. I mean you know, just just to like you you don't get high off your own supply, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so alright, my um my album of the week is uh I guess very different in a way, but um yeah I had it on in the car and it was just fun it was a nice fun listen remind me how much i i loved this album and this band in general even though i don't really know most of their discography but um it's uh close to the edge by yes oh yeah that's a good one. yeah it, it's been a while since i've since i've had a yes album on and um it, it was a lot of it was just it was just a lot of fun to listen to you know and it was 
pretty short, all things considered. Uh, I was able to listen to it in its entirety in pretty much a ride, uh, with like a, like in like a half an hour car ride. About you know, like I, I kind of just like parked outside my house for like the last like five minutes or something mm-hmm. of of like the last track, and and just kind of like just kind of vibed on that for a little bit. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was, it was just just a great great listen. I really do need to buy uh, the Yes album at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I the thing is, this and Fragile are just so great that I, yeah. I'm okay with just listening to those. Indeed. Like, yeah, and, and we we don't need to talk about you know the the, the stuff that comes after. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- owner of a lonely heart. <laughs> I mean, like that's I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I don't think it's a bad song, but yeah, it's just not like. It would be better if it was from, not from you, not yeah. from a band that released yeah. some, some some of the best symphonic prog, you know, ever. You know, that they're producing. for sure. Um, that's kind of it. Just it reminded me a little bit, even though it's not that. I feel like Blue Oyster Cult has such a weird reputation because <laughs> I I bought a couple of their albums really cheap. The one you know, Don't Fear the Reaper, and then uh, I'm Burning for You. I feel like. Or not, I feel like, but in my experience, like the sound they're known for, and like low key the sound that created Ghost, for better or worse, um, yeah, they don't really sound like that. Or like the vast majority of their music just sounds like what you'd expect from a hard rock band at that time. Like it just. Well, it, I, I I think it almost depends on the album, right? Because I I think isn't it like Veterans of the Psychic Wars? Isn't that like kind of like more proggy? Uh, but then like some of their other stuff is a little more. Like we, regular, like I, I, I was always into the song Godzilla. Yeah, um, the, 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 I love that riff. But, yeah, I have f- a fire of unknown origin, and then yeah, th- 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 that's the one. Yeah, agents yeah. of fortune. Uh, I don't know, man. They both. I mean, they had their moments, but overall, I'm like, wow. Like, I, and I, I'm saying this. I went into it looking for that, like looking mm. for like an album full of Don't Fear the Reaper, and I just didn't. I, don't, I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I thought they, they were, you know, was, they were good hard rock albums with some nice kind of slightly occulty or like you know that kind of moody mysticalness to be totally honest um i don't know like i i I just can't take don't fear the reaper seriously anymore uh just saturday night live just ruined that song for me (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's uh it's kind of the underside of uh fame or i guess i mean that was an early you know early case of going viral so to speak is that it's totally uh um totally upends the meaning like i mean this is not this is more of like a like a personal anecdote but like i've told you that like you know when i worked at canopy you know the amusement park and then the grocery store like even before it was an annoying meme song the fact that i heard africa by toto like, <laughs> yeah dozens of times a week i just i just couldn't i couldn't anymore like i can't do it so there are I, there are a handful of those for me too man i i totally like yeah you know, uh, Hey Soul Sister is is one of those oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I had yeah, that with. Um, uh, oh, I forget. I think they're called the band was called Magic, but you know that song. Why you gotta be so rude? Oh yeah. yeah. I I thought it was decent, and then it was overplayed, and I didn't like it. But then I came around on it again because there was like a, it was almost like a viral challenge where dads would post videos, sit like basically coming out against the song as if like they were singing about his daughter and like i came <laughs> i came around again and i was like you know what 
I'm on your side, Magic. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, 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 the you know the fictional dad in your song sounds like a dick. So I'm, you know, I'm with you. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, um, but I, I guess I guess we're gonna be rude now. I don't know. Yeah, um, we're kind of spinning off the rails at this point. So yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.